Very special episode of the Locked On Red Sox and Locked On Padres podcast. That's right. It's Friday, and this is the Locked On Red Sox, Locked On Padres crossover. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox and Locked On Padres your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Lauren Willand, and I'm joined by Javier Reyes, the host of Locked On Padres. You might remember we did a crossover a few months ago when Xander Bogart signed in San Diego, and we had a lot to say, very different things to say, but still a lot nonetheless. And here we are again, because the two teams are about to face each other beginning Friday night. They are, they are in San Diego. And this is the first time the Red Sox are facing Xander Bogart. So that is the big storyline going into the, the weekend set is that this is the, the reunion that Red Sox fans mm-hmm. don't really want to see. Yeah, um, it's in fairness. I don't want to see it either. Um, <laughs> like I, it's because the, the, the clown show that has been the San Diego Padres over the past two and a half weeks or so, um, one of the. The, the other problems has been Xander Bogarts hasn't been playing as well. And the, just the, like the Red Sox people in my life, not necessarily you that I know that are going to be talking so much about how their team somehow with essentially Raphael Devers versus the world on paper. Anyway, that's what it looked like before the season has been an infinitely better and more productive offense than the Padres and their, you know, four MVPs at the top. So this series is going to be is going to hurt. Um, I don't think the pods are going to play well. I just don't. Um, but I just it's amazing how far things how much things can change, because when we talked, which to this point is actually most viewed episode on my YouTube channel, if anyone Ooh. wants to check that out, Locked On Padres, when Xander Bogarts came to the Padres, we did a crossover talking about ownership and what it means for the team, what kind of player he was and, and all this stuff. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> Maybe it didn't matter, man. <laughs> Maybe it's just not going to matter. Um, he's been struggling uh, over, over the curse course of May. He's slashing 208, 323, 264, um, which is unfortunate considering he did so well at the start. His ground ball rate has spiked because for those unfamiliar, you're actually it's you're constitutionally required when joining the Padres to become Eric Hosmer, at least a little <laughs> bit. You have to hit the ball on the ground. You're not allowed to do anything else. It's like with Marvel when they don't allow their directors creative freedom. That's the Padres. They're like, no, 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 no. We want you to be the captain, the former captain of the team. You got to no be creative Osmer. freedom. Yeah, <laughs> just not allowed to, to do anything. You have to be the same guy uh, sometimes. So it's uh, as you can tell by me in this intro, not, not the greatest time for the Padres. So what's going on with the Padres? Because <laughs> I feel like. They should be a better team than their record shows. I know that they are struggling a little bit right now, but what what is not getting through to them? What's not connecting? Like, what is what is wrong with the San Diego Padres? <laughs> what, what is wrong? What is wrong with them? That, that is the the million dollar question. They're thirtieth in batting average. They're twenty seventh in runs scored. Their on base is eighteenth, which is somehow the best thing about their team. Home runs nineteenth, slugging twenty fourth. Um. I, I, I currently have a pinned tweet on the Padres Twitter account, which is I changed the name. I didn't actually change the name, but I put a little, you know, a little mini edit on it. it says left on base Padres podcast, 
Um, that's the best way to describe him. Shout out to a listener of the show who tweeted that at me, by the way. Love that. Um, and that really does explain everything. They have the lowest batting average in the league with runners in scoring position. Worse than, that's right, teams that you guys have faced in the AL. The Oakland A's? Oh, they've been worse than them, man. Don't worry. Don't you worry. They've been worse than them. They've been worse than the Royals who they just got beat up by. And they have the most strikeouts with runners in scoring position. They don't put together productive at-bats. There was a little video on Twitter the other day talking about that. They they just don't. The only one who on the team, unshockingly, that's actually managed to not just strike out every single time runners are on bases for now, that's Tatis Jr. And he's, you know, sometimes he hits some sack flies. At least he's putting the ball in play. He's managed to do that even if he hasn't driven in as much runs and even if he hasn't been in the lineup for as long as everybody else because of suspension. So that's been like the bright spot is despite the injury, despite the suspension, he's looked pretty great uh, for the most part um, on the team. He's still, you know, not hitting like a superstar MVP yet, but uh, he, he's been okay. The rest of the team, man, um, watching Trent Grisham strike out with the bases loaded is... <laughs> about as routine as me getting up and having my morning you know energy drink it's just it's just part of the routine i saw it like twice the other day i saw manny machado last friday grounded to two double plays with rush and score position it's been a night and who's now hurt of course yep, because why not hurt. right when he's sort of kind of getting things going so i'd say overall fundamentally the problem with the padres is just a, a lack of depth has been showing especially because of their inability to drive in runs. Um, no matter who the pitcher is, the Royals, not a very good team. Uh, weren't able to drive in runs there. And yeah, Lauren, uh, just, just, just uh, one of the more underperforming lineups I've ever seen. Um, and I know that I literally complained the other day that we use ever and all time way too much in this industry, but I compare them to the 2015 nationals, the Bryce Harper team when he won the MVP, but literally everybody in the lineup underperformed drastically that's what they remind me of currently and it's weird when you talk about you know the the runners in scoring position thing because you mm. have so much power in that Padres lineup yeah. and it's it reminds me of the 2022 Red Sox when mm. they left runners in scoring position on every single game and mm. sometimes that was the difference in the a two-run game a one-run game I mean the Red Sox just got beat up by the St. Louis Cardinals who are not a good team and they had the bases loaded and if, if all they needed you know, all they needed was grand slam to tie the game but Alex Verdugo swings at the first pitch and pops it up. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. like, why? You have – like, do not swing at the first pitch in that situation. And I'm not a first pitch swinger. I'm very anti-swing at the first pitch. But mm -hmm. you – the lineup that the Padres have, when I look at it, I'm like, this is a World Series potential. To, oh, they have the, the, the They have the potential to go to the World Series because they go out. They weren't afraid to spend money. They got Xander Bogarts. They re-signed Manny Machado. And that's that's just two of a nine starting nine star studded lineup. And I know the pitching too has not been the greatest. You have Blake Snell going, you have Musgrove going as well, and Michael Waka, who's looking really great out there, and he's took a no hitter into the eighth inning last week. And I, it's it's like the the pitching he he does enough, but then it's the run support that comes in. It's like oh, you pitched well today. Mm -hmm. That's sad. We're not going to help you. And that's exactly how the 2022 Red Sox were. You get you get great pitching in the offense. You'd be like, no. But then you'd get great offense, and the pitching would be like, we're going to throw batting practice today. It's it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, oh, of course. The pop-up on the first pitch is the most Ugh. aggravating thing in the world. Especially that, like, weak little, like, oh, the pop-up. First baseman. Move over. And yep. it's, that ends the inning. Drives you insane. 
the Padres are like that, the Red Sox in that respect, except with the added hurt, the added knife in the back that's twisted of how much like like hype there was around this team. Even if it was a little bit over the top, admittedly, I think that people forget that oftentimes in baseball, you need to have depth that just because you signed the best players doesn't mean you're going to be the best. People do this every year. Uh, people were down on the Dodgers a lot. People that I talked to, I yep. was not. I am on record. I did not. Th- I thought that wasn't smart. Now look at them now, right? They've been not like an invincible team the way they were the past years. That part is true, but they've been excellent. Uh, they've still been one of the better teams in the NL and the pods are just a, a nightmare, a, a nightmare in a lot of ways. And I think that there's going to be a lot of questions following this series, depending on how things shake up, because the Royals couldn't hit uh, in theory as a team. They're not a very good hitting team. They're one of the worst in the league. The Red Sox have been excellent this year, um, led by Rafael Devers. I know Alex Verdugo has been pretty good, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But um, their pitching, while not necessarily as good, it's just that if the Padres aren't able to keep up with the Royals in scoring, I have a lot of skepticism that they're going to be able to keep up with the Red Sox. Um, sure, Petco Park, hitter, hit, not hitter-friendly ballpark, whatever, I don't care. It just feels like this is a team that is out of it right now. I think a lot of people might be on the hot seat soon. It's not going well, and I'm still wearing this hat because that's the current fan base mindset. I'm, I'm, we're the court jesters of baseball right now, just looking silly after what was such a magical run last year that while it didn't end in a World Series appearance, it was still crazy to beat the Dodgers and the Mets in the playoffs, and then you add all these players to your lineup, and you're somehow worse than last year's lineup. It's Make it make sense, Lauren. Why? Baseball is weird. <laughs> the Red Sox weren't supposed to be this good. There was the, always that potential there, and now they're being led by you know the kids of this team. I had someone comment on my video saying that's what makes them fun, is that it's they're being led by the kids of this team. And it's it's very, very true. And we'll talk about the kids in the lineup. We'll talk about Alex Verdugo and kind of you know what to really expect from this series, which I think we already know where you stand on where you think this series is going to go after the weekend. But we'll do that in our second segment of this Locked On crossover episode after I tell you about So Rare. Because So Rare, it's our new sponsor. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed cards featuring players from across all MLB teams. And it's unlike any other fantasy baseball platform, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. You collect, you buy, you sell, and you compete with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. I know some of us are playing in that locked on MLB group chat. Mm-hmm. I love the the back and forth when people don't get something they want or they're like, oh my God, I am so bad at this. And I feel like I'm always on the end of, oh my God, I am so bad at this. But the more you win, the more you advance. I wouldn't know about that. And then you collect increasingly powerful cards and you get to access access next-level competitions and rewards. Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez have partnered with SoRare as their brand ambassadors, and they get to engage with the SoRare community throughout the season at different MLB events. And that's what, and that's what makes this kind of cool. You have those big names there. They can, they're playing SoRare, too, just like you and me. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. So we talked about this lineup, the Red Sox lineup, and Alex Verdugo, Rafael Devers, mm-hmm. and how the offense is you – take away the, the series with the Cardinals, but in the first game with the Mariners, this Red Sox offense is very good. 
And I think it's starting to surprise a lot of people because I went into this into this season thinking the Red Sox are probably about a 500, about a little bit above 500 team. I took the over when it was 76 and a half. So I'm looking pretty good right now. This, this could be the easiest money I've ever made or the, the worst money I've ever lost. That's, mm-hmm. But if they keep playing like this, that is, that's very good. And I, I feel like with the Blake Snell in particular, I feel like the Red Sox have a chance to really beat up on him early and often. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Red Sox can do that. They're also getting healthier, which is kind of weird to think about with how well they're playing and, how there's going to be log jams at different positions. There already are. But this lineup all of a sudden is a threat to uh, to good teams, to bad teams, to every team, no matter who they play. I really like what I've seen from this offense so far. And I, I mean, all the power to you. I hope it continues this weekend in San Diego. It's like one of these pods, I'm just going to break down crying. I, I have a feeling that's going to happen because against Boston, I, this is no secret. You know this. Everyone knows this. I am a hater of all things Boston sports, not people. Unfortunately, over the past few years, I've met and become friends with a lot of very kind and cool Boston people. It really drives me nuts Like <laughs> that, like for my brand that unfortunately I have some really good Boston friends, um, some that you might be, uh, might be friends with as well, and that just drives me insane, but um, – you know, this is it's very similar to what happened to them, I feel like, a couple years ago. Not 2022, but I think 2021, where the expectations are really low. They were bad in 2020, the shortened season, albeit shortened. And they come in and they're like, guess what? We don't care that we don't have starting pitching. Right. I don't know why that's the case. I mean, as evidenced just by this, the, the tertiary numbers, they're 26th in ERA, 24th in batting average against, and 23rd in whip. But then everything else, second in batting average, second in on base, third in runs, 10th in home runs, third in slugging percentage. They're just like, screw you. We literally do not care who we put on the mound. We're just going to outscore you. Uh, look, a philosophy I wish my team abided by. <laughs> I really do. And it's funny because the Padres were expected to be a little bit like in that position where the back end of the rotation wasn't going to be up to snuff. And the back end of the rotation has been fine. It's been a quality, okay back of the rotation. Seth Lugo has been hurt now, so you guys won't see him. But, um, and and I don't know if Michael Waka's turn will come in the rotation. I don't think it will, uh, because he just pitched on uh, Tuesday, I believe. So I don't think that's going to happen. You guys won't get to see your old buddy. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just they don't score, and the Red Sox do. And I'm just kind of watching them. And what you mentioned about Blake Snell, I will say, he's he's shown signs of becoming the good Blake Snell. So I'm not saying he's going to shut down the lineup. But it is worth mentioning that over his last few starts, he has looked a little bit better. He's going longer into games. He does this every year. He just decides to stink. Then he's like, all right, I'm going to throw what's actually good now, I think. And he throws his fastball-slider combo more. So I don't know what the how the Red Sox do against sliders or any pitch-specific things, but that's worth keeping an eye on. But it's also totally possible that he gets, you know, taken out of the game in the third inning after giving up three and a, a, a home run to Kike Hernandez, who I know isn't the big home run hitter on the team. But – just because why not like right. everything that's been not going well for the pods will usually in effect correlate with something positive for the other team that hasn't been going well if that makes sense it does God, i'm a nightmare right now on this podcast. <laughs> the, the padres are going to be seeing Corey kluber this weekend who has not been mm. the, the best there's been talk, you know, people want him in the bullpen and i'm like i just don't know if he's going to be any good in the bullpen because he's mm. not very good as a starter right now and I mean, that might be the game that the Padres end up taking from the from the Red Sox just because of the pitching. But 
you mentioned Blake Snell kind of becoming the or shown flashes of the good Blake Snell and I think that's what Chris Sale has been becoming mm-hmm. the last few starts he threw eight innings the his last start I think it was the first time this season that the Red Sox starter or yeah Red Sox starter got an out in the eighth inning so <laughs> props to <laughs> props to Chris Sale and he's starting to really kind of look like older Chris Sale yes he pitched against a, you know a bad baseball team but I'd rather see that and then then him get lit up for eight runs against a bad baseball team. So I think that I think they'll struggle against Chris Sale. James Paxson is interesting because he looked really good in his first start in two years. And he said he really felt like himself. Now it's, is he going to be able to do that again? Is he going to be able to build that momentum or will the Padres look at this and be like, we can take advantage of this guy. He hasn't pitched. He's only had one start this year and let's just jump all over him. This could, I said this to our friend, uh, Friar Phil, and I said that this could be the series that the Padres just come out and like turn on everything, the momentum, they get Mm -hmm. the momentum back, but there's a lot of momentum in the Red Sox favor. And once they have that momentum going, it's really hard, at least this season I've seen to slow them down. We saw them have that eight game win streak and then they go out and lose like four or five in a row, lose five out of six. So they're very, you know, they're very streaky, but once they have that momentum and like you said, they just outscore everyone. They find that ways to score runs. They take advantage of, any kind of sloppy play or slow grounder, they're just, they're mm. hustling. They, I don't know if they look at last year and they're like, what the heck was that that we put together last year yeah. mm-hmm. and just turned it around and no, they don't have the sexiest lineup, but it's doing its job. And mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo has done a complete 180. And I think that's because Alex Cora called him out at the end of last year. He was like, you need to be better. Like we need to get you better. We need to get you faster. And it, that's exactly what he's done. And he's holding players only meetings because he's like, I don't, I don't like the way they were playing. And they're like, you're, you're absolutely right. We need to go out <laughs> and just beat up on everyone. And that's what they've done the last two games. So I don't know if the Padres need a players only meeting. I don't mm. know if, it, if yeah. they need that spark. They need, I think that's what they need. It's just a spark to get going. It's funny. First of all, yeah, I am looking at Chris Sale's last like five starts, except for a game against Baltimore. Strikeouts are up. Oh, Everything's been Baltimore. good. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, everybody does. Yes, the, the Baltimore's, yes. <laughs> Baltimore's offense has been pretty great, too, um, albeit not as good as the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I too, wish what it, I, I wish I knew what it was like to get called out by the manager and then doing something afterwards. I, I kind of do. The Bob Belvin talked about the Padres after the Minnesota Twins series, and then they promptly got swept by the Dodgers and were even worse against the Royals. So I don't know what that's like. <laughs> it's nice to see the immediate gratification of that. Um, and I mentioned people on the hot seat, Bob Melvin, although I don't think he should be. I think it's dumb that he is um, or that it could be that he's on the hot seat. But I just think that this is this is one of those teams where just someone will have to pay, yeah. whether it be yep. AJ Preller, the GM, Bob Melvin, who literally has respect from every single club in baseball. Yep. And people are trying to blame him for this. I'm like, someone's not his fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone's got to be the scapegoat. And it's usually the managers yep. and usually training personnel and stuff like that. Um as I adjust my hat. Um, yeah, it's just been really tough. I've said that a lot on this pod, but that's kind of the situation here. Um, I think that while sale has been doing better, you know, Padres with Joe Musgrove, he's been shaky to start. He did have a delayed start though, because of the weight room incident. Oh, when he yeah. dropped something on his <laughs> yeah. toes. So that was rough. So it's kind of hard to tell when I can start pushing the panic button on if Musgrove is in trouble, but 
I guess a lot of people are like, yeah, you might as well. And that's so funny because my comment section for after the sweep of the Dodgers, it's like it goes from one. I was too negative. Right. I, yeah. I imagine you get that a lot, too. You're too negative, man. It's like I'm supposed to be a cheerleader for the team. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my job. Um, I, I try to. I love put. I have Pac-Man on my thing right now. When Michael right. Walker has a good start, I wave him at the camera. I love to be happy, but. You know, and then now, now everyone's like, okay, you could be negative. Like o- only when everyone, <laughs> only when it's obvious, can you be negative? Not when you see the signs of it happening. Yeah. Um, yep. And the signs had been festering for this pods team for a little bit. The only thing to look out for, you mentioned capitalizing off of mistakes. Um, the only thing that the Padres are above average in is defense. They've been excellent there um, with players like Haisam Kim, yep. Xander Bogarts, who turned into a much better defender last year with you guys. Yep. Um, sure. has been a good first base guy. Um, and Fernando Tatis Jr., who that was one of the big question marks on the season, rightfully so, was are his peripherals going to translate? And they have with this, his speed, his arm strength, his overall just athleticism. And he just looks awesome out there. He's had a lot of outfield assists, so watch out for that in this series yeah, if they yeah. try and test him because a lot of teams have, which I understand when it's a guy who's new at the position. Yeah, go for it. Go for third. That, that's cool. But he's made a lot of people pay. He made people pay in the Royal Series as well. Um I believe it's MJ Melendez that got um, thrown out at third, but it was um, yeah. So that that's the only thing with this team is don't expect too many mistakes in terms of outfield or infield stuff. Uh, their defense is literally the only thing that's kept them from not being, you know, in that bottom, like 25% of teams has been the defense basically for the pods this year. What's it like to have a, a position or player switch positions and be very good at it because the Red Sox fans mm. are very unhappy with Kike Hernandez at shortstop. Mm. And mm. he was, you know, he was signed as a second baseman and was stellar in center field. So when you think, oh, he can probably just play any position because he's just an incredible athlete. And he is. But he's just made error after error at shortstop. I think that they need to get him out of there as soon mm-hmm. as they can. And but it's, it must be nice to have that like that security in the outfield too especially yeah. he's proving that you don't run on him because he's going to get you out yeah i will say i will not besmirch any puerto rican player as long as i host this podcast um that's right i didn't make fun of correa for years ago that's right i'll still defend him to this day it's just what i'm required to do uh with my homeland um but i will say yeah um that's what was one of my biggest questions and i, I don't think it's been solved Certainly for the pod. I'm not totally just 100% certain that's going to be fine, but they had a lot of people change positions this year, even if it's going from right field to left field the way Juan Soto did. Um, who he's been, he's probably the shakiest defender out of them all. I know that if you bring up outs above average and outfielder jump, stuff like that on baseball savant, that he's in the red or at least slightly above the red. But when you watch the game, he's made some errors, some miscommunications with Trent Grisham, fumbles the ball a lot. I don't know why. It's like that's the hardest part for him is when he sees the ball, he'll just kind of like, oh, like he's like scared of it. He's like, oh, my God. Hot potato. Yeah, it's like it's going to be the thing from Alien. It's going to attach to his face or something like that's That's what he looks like sometimes. Oh, Um, so aside from that, though, you know, him moving from right field to left field, Tatis, obviously, to the outfield, like I just attested to even Cronenworth from second base to first base, Hassan Kim from shortstop to second base. There were a lot of positional movements and. That's been really cool is that that's worked while they did add a lot to the lineup this year. um, And that hasn't worked. The positions defensively, uh, people have translated very well. And I thought that that was a big question. Just the overall, like, it's just hard to have that many shakeups on a team and immediately be great. But defensively, at least the Padres, it's the only thing that won't have my clown hat 
um, acting up, I think, is, has been the defense. And it's been it's really pretty. It's great to see. Um, but I would warn Red Sox fans about Tatis. You might be thinking, oh, wasn't he the guy who made all the errors at shortstop? Oh, oh. well, in the outfield, that has not been the case, um, especially with throwing guys out. He's got a cannon of an arm. I think everybody knew that, but it has translated beautifully. So I would just watch out for that, especially for your speedsters that want to push it. Yeah, we they, they certainly do have some speedsters. You know, Jaron Duran and Alex Verdugo, too, will try to be aggressive on the base path. Mm-hmm. Endeavors, I don't know why. He tries to be aggressive in situations he has no business trying to be aggressive in. So <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to try, if he's going to try to stretch out a double, I'm just like, it's out. He's out. Like, he is out by a mile. Oh, my God, the ball bounced off the green monster. What are you doing? But going into our third segment, we're going to kind of give our predictions for the series. Hopefully, we can give you – some some positive things to look for Padres fans but I mean you mentioned the defense so that is a positive but we're gonna predict the series and hopefully I'm right I'm terrible with predictions but maybe this will be the time I'm I'm right but I want to tell you first about bird dogs we just got our bird dogs order in the mail I love mine they're all about fit comfort and versatility you can wear these to work you can wear these to the golf course Wear these going out with your friends. You can wear them wherever you want. I I can wear one pair of shorts going to work. Uh, I probably wouldn't wear shorts to work, but if I wanted to, I could just because that's how versatile they are. Date nights, casual nights out, casual nights in. I wear these things quite everywhere. Part of my Mm. take, uh, part of my take host famously never wears pants, but you know what he does wear? He wears bird dogs. Did you get your bird dogs order? Do you love them? I did. I did. It's I like because I'm very against the whole dressing up in a certain way. Um, One, because I'm lazy. But two, because I'm like, bro, I'm going to like an outdoor bar. Why am I wearing a suit? Um, But this is like it fits everything. I like that it's kind of good for every occasion. You can wear this literally wherever. It's got a beach feel, but like a classy look. You know what I mean? Like you just feel free and good. And I think you can genuinely wear these things wherever. So that's the best part. You really can. And you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB to get your order. And when you enter the promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order, which mine's become my emotional support cup because my my OG one broke, the straw broke on it. So I, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And this one came at the perfect time. So it is now my emotional support cup. It comes with me everywhere. It's right on my counter. I don't think you can see it, but it's right behind me. It never leaves my side. So birddogs.com slash locked on MLB promo code locked on MLB to get your order and that tumbler. So three game set. It's mm-hmm. going, it looks like it's in the Red Sox favor, but baseball is weird. You mm-hmm. said earlier, make it make sense. This could be a series. I think it's either going to go one of two ways, Red Sox sweep or the Padres sweep. I don't think there's going to be any in between okay. here. I think that this is going to be either one of those weird series, like when the Cardinals swept the Red Sox, but I think I mean, best case for the Red Sox is obviously the sweep. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Padres can't eke out a win over Corey Kluber, but I think at the end of the day, the offense is just going to be too much for the Padres. Yeah, or or what will happen is the only one they do win is against the best pitcher on the Red Sox right, right now. That's right. also what happens in baseball. Law of averages dictates, I'll at least say that they win a game. Um, I think that they are in a slide right now, and I haven't felt any vibes that that's going to change. So I still think that they lose the series probably overall, but I think they'll get one. Um, I think that there's going to be like a random player that hits the home run for the Red Sox. Maybe like my boy, Rymel Tapia. Oh, I love Tapia. I love Tapia. He's just like the most, that guy was on the Rockies a few years ago and he was the only one not, I don't want to say not trying. These guys are all trying, but he was like, 
like it was like NBA finals, like world series, like, like every at bat, just so exciting. Even if he was like kind of a ground ball guy himself, like it was just kind of cool to be like, wow, this guy's like really trying, man. Like he's, he's showing passion. He's upset. (laughs) I mean, like, and I kind of like that about Tapia. Um, He's going to be like hit a home run to left field uh, somehow, even though that's not really his game uh, for the Red Sox. And, you know, also I wanted to ask you really quick because I just remembered Masataka Yoshida. Yeah. We talked a lot about um Verdugo and Endeavors, right rightfully so in the offense in general. But Yoshida has been I mean, and just in terms of free agent signings that happened from this offseason, so far, maybe the best one, unless there's one that I'm forgetting right now. Um, he's probably been the best one so far. And that's I don't want to say it's a surprise because he's such a star from star previously but for you know just getting to mlb you know last year seiya suzuki was the big star from japan and he's been he was okay last year as a rookie and he's doing a little bit better this year but he didn't set the world on fire yoshida started with the world baseball classic and now he's been great so what has that been like it's been awesome because i definitely had i don't want to say doubts but i was very cautious about him because i was like will that power and will all of that talent translate to the MLB level especially in his first season so I'm like I'll give Mm -hmm. him a season to kind of like get acclimated have some struggles and he struggled against some pitches but he's just looking like an absolute star and he makes high and bloom look really really good which he really needed to do you Mm -hmm. you talked about people being in the hot seat I don't know if high and bloom will ever be on the hot seat it seems like he should be but after you know signing Yoshida even Adam Duvall you could even argue Justin Turner because he's been uh, he's been hot the last two games. But Yoshida, I just feel like when he's up at bat, I'm very confident that something mm-hmm. good is going to happen. This isn't like, oh, my God, here's a strikeout. Like, here we go. Why is he in this position? Like, love Bobby Dahlbeck. I, I want the best for him. But anytime he would come <laughs> up, like, last year, even this year, I'm like, Bob, swing the bat. <laughs> Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like, but Yoshida's just been a, a ray of sunshine. And he's so fun because he's learning English. So Rob Ruffschneider was mic'd up a few games ago. And he was trying to tell Yoshida that he was running fast. And I, I couldn't see Yoshida, but I think he was kind of looking at him like, what are you saying to me? And Ruffschneider's <laughs> just like, you, fast. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. Like, he's just, he's fast. fun. They have the, dumb, the dumbbells in the dugout after a home run and that stems okay. from, from him and like macho man. So mm-hmm. he's, he's having fun. And the, my favorite part is, it's just, he's just playing baseball. He's playing the game he loves mm-hmm. and he's just, he's doing it very well. And it's really good. He started that way because Red Sox fans can be vicious and they can turn on you very fast. They booed Trevor story last year. Oh, yeah. Pretends to be shocked when he struck, <laughs> when he struck out four times in a game. Granted, I think three of them came against Otani. So I mean, I'm just so glad that he's not going to hear those boos and he's going to, you know, he hears the, the Fenway cheers and he's having fun. His quotes are awesome too. Like he's just, he loves playing baseball and I think he genuinely loves the Red Sox in Boston. So overall, like I think fans just absolutely adore this guy and mm-hmm. I think they want him here beyond five years. I mean, that's awesome. It must be fun, right? It <laughs> the is free fun. Agent coming in and, and being so good. Look, with Yoshida, I will give that. Now, I still, Xander Bogart's forever the signing. I still like it. I like I like all the moves that Padres have made in the vacuum, as I've discussed on my show. It's just the quantity of moves is what I think is the problem. No, I don't hate the Soto trade. No, I don't hate the Xander Bogart's. It's just when you do all of that and your whole roster is the same for a decade, it's a little scary. 
Yep. But um, especially currently. But I will say that, first of all, Bloom, the funniest thing that has happened to me in sports the last year is that Boston Globe article after they signed Xander Bogarts, uh, the Padres, I mean, and him being dumbfounded, apparently, that people wanted it, him. In an it's, airport. Like. Yeah, in an airport. It is, for that reason alone, it was one of my favorite things to ever happen. It was so funny. Just like, did you not know this? But I will say with Bloom, well, I think that it's, in my opinion anyway, I think that it says a lot that the Red Sox were like, let's bring in the Rays guy, even though we're one of the richest teams in baseball. Yeah. I will say that, the Yoshida signing did get forgotten about. It, it really did. Like, and I, I know that a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting this, but it was a signing that people were at least excited about. That was a player with a lot of potential. And maybe people got thrown off because say a Suzuki last year, right? Like he had a huge, he was probably a bigger overall attractive free agent just based on the hype. And he wasn't as good. He was fine, but he wasn't as good. So maybe that's why a lot of people were doubted. That's probably like people were generalizing, right? That's not smart yeah. to do. But with Yoshida, I do think people forgot because of the Xander thing, because oh, of the yeah. stuff like the Globe article. I think people forgot, myself included. I honestly genuinely kind of forgot. I remembered Kodai Senga going to the Mets yep, because that was a big signing, and he's been very good for them. But I kind of forgot, and that's it just shows you that sometimes you do have to wait every now and then uh, before yep. rendering a verdict on a team, especially yeah. in baseball where – we see that random stuff happens all the time. I mean, Trevor Story isn't even playing for the team right now, and they've right. been infinitely better on offense. So it's just – that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. It is. And it's funny with the Yoshida thing because you had Yoshida, they signed Jansen, and you're like, yeah, mm. like Red Sox, let's go. Like, this is great. And then Bogarts leaves, and they're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like, we were just told hours ago that things were progressing in a – great direction for the Red Sox or a positive direction and then I was like I I'll go to bed and whatever and my husband comes barging he's like Xander Bogart signed I'm like great <laughs> and he's like with the Padres I'm like excuse me yeah, yeah. With that sir like now I'm not gonna be able to sleep so we scroll on Twitter for the next three hours but <laughs> that's I mean that's the life of of baseball it's the life of podcasters mm -hmm. you never baseball is a very weird sport as you've seen with your Padres this year but series kicks off Friday it's a 940 First pitch here on the East Coast, way past my bedtime, but things we do to watch our teams. And then they have Saturday at 10 10 and then Sunday at uh, 4 10. <laughs> the things we do for love and toxic relationships with our baseball teams. So please tell our lovely crossover listeners and our everydayers where they can find you, your podcast, and all that good stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Javapeno. I'm probably going to do more crap posts i know you follow me yep. i've been doing a lot of them lately with like pictures of pie and like quote tweeting those tiktoks of the presidential discords <laughs> uh which is i don't know if people know that's what the 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 bing bong thing comes from but that's what yes. i've been doing um and it kills me every time when i see like joe biden make talk, uh, yelling at presidents and stuff um so you can follow me there and then if you want me live tweeting the game i'll probably just be really upset posting the same like kind of coming up with jokes and whatnot that's at l owners underscore padre so whichever whatever you know flavor you want i got you i got you covered uh and then check out lockdown padres on youtube as well if you want to see my hat and i'm still deciding who to add to my collection of people right here i have tatis i have waka waka pac-man because of michael waka but i'm probably going to add another person i'm gonna have to try and find one of my sad like figurines or something yeah, like that something that looks sad, sad. yeah i'm gonna i think i know exactly who you like i know exactly who like, a, yeah. like, a, like an Eeyore type of character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got someone who's definitely not Eeyore. It's it's a very sad story, but 
I'm going to bring her on. I'm going to bring her on from uh, All right. the show from Netflix. So stay tuned for that next week, folks, All especially right. if well, this doesn't go well. Now I can't wait because I need to see the sad character. And <laughs> I want to see this little character collection grow based yeah. on the emotions of the season. <laughs> I like the idea of like the end of the year, right? Like across this table, like you'll see all the, which yes. kind of the season summary. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's just growing and growing for better or for worse. But that's, that's why we stick with our teams. Mm-hmm. So thank you for tuning in, making this Locked On crossover episode with Locked On Red Sox and Locked On Padres. Your first listen of every day. Everydayers will be back. Monday, probably I'll probably be back this weekend dropping episodes about the games, especially if it goes very well, even if it goes very bad. But I've mm-hmm. got a lot of confidence in this series. It's going to be fun regardless. Good to see Xander Bogarts. And we get to see some good baseball, hopefully some good baseball. I also love Petco Park. I think it's a beautiful park. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of it my favorites nice. that I've been to. I've only been to a handful, but Petco is There'll be a great crowd. The, the oh, fans yeah. have shown up. The, yes. Don't believe me. They've shown up. So you'll hear a lot of boos probably. Um not towards your team. <laughs> like that's yeah. the thing. It won't be towards the Red Sox. It'll be probably towards the Padres. Home field advantage for the Red Sox. Yeah, Let's I know. go. Uh, well, thank you for doing this with me today, Javier. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure when we can do this. Hopefully we can do this again. And I mean, maybe when our teams are preparing for the postseason, knock on wood, or uh, as your collection <laughs> grows, you know, we never know. Never know what can happen in baseball. Baseball is a very weird sport. But thank you once again. We will see you next week. Find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, go Red Sox. Go Pods.